This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk with Red Hat about this year's virtual Red Hat Summit and what to expect from OpenShift. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipok. Zipok. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house doing a podcast with some friends. Today on the phone, we have lots of friends, some old, some new. Uh, So let's start off with our new friends uh, from Red Hat, Nick Wallace. Hi. Hi. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Justin. I appreciate it. Looking forward to having this conversation today. So I've been uh, managing the NetApp Red Hat partnership on the Red Hat side for the last year. And we've made a lot of good progress over the last year. I went to NetApp's Insight Conference this year. You guys did a great job with that. And uh, we're focusing on a lot of joint solutions. And so, you know, joint value proposition that I see that we have together is, you know, we, through our comp- we, we have very comprehensive product portfolios and they complement each other very well. And we're able to offer some joint solutions to help our mutual customers refine and enhance their digital transformation initiatives with NetApp's data fabric strategy used in concert coordination with our Red Hat automation products like Ansible and our OpenShift platform for hybrid and multi-cloud workloads. I think that we've got a really good message around, you know, these workloads from distributed core to edge cloud for those IT environments and help enable our customers to accelerate their time to market with their solutions building on top of our technologies to achieve automation and self-service capabilities and all of that. And um, I'm sure we'll be getting into some of our joint solutions here going forward, but I've been on the forefront of this cloud native landscape for a while with my background. Uh, also before joining Red Hat, had experience with bringing Pivotal Cloud Foundry to market, for example. So I've been on both sides of the fence when it comes to uh, the products that are out there in the market, but I got a lot of experience in working with Mark and, and Andrew over the last year has been great. So uh, you know, looking forward to what's to come based on what we've achieved so far. All right, excellent. Also on the phone with us today from NetApp, Mark Cates. Hi, what do you do and how do we reach you? Hey, Justin. Uh, yeah, this is Mark Cates. Um, I'm a product manager, principal product manager at NetApp in uh, the NetApp HCI area. I've been uh, delivering solutions at NetApp for um, a little bit over a decade. The uh, best way, and I'd love to get uh, your feedback on what you hear today, but the uh, best way is through email. My email is mark, M-A-R-K, dot Kates, C-A-T-E-S, at netapp.com. All right. And last but not least, one of our old friends, Andrew Sullivan. Sully the Monster. Hi, Sully. Howdy. You know, it's funny that you're in a, a basement like a troll, but I'm in an attic like Quasimodo. It just... It feels appropriate <laughs> that it's we both just, I mean, they put us where that we belong. Uh, hi, hidden away from the public. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Andrew, um, what are you up to these days and how do we reach you? Well, my primary job is rearranging meetings in order to make them as inconvenient as possible for NetApp people. Um, no, in all honestly, uh, I say that because I did have to, to, uh, reschedule this recording um, so, Glenn, if you're out there listening, you will be happy to know that just because I moved companies, everything is still the same. 
Uh, aside from that, I spend uh, a lot of my time kind of split between two responsibilities. One is technical marketing uh, as it pertains to the Red Hat Cloud Platforms business unit. So think OpenShift, think Red Hat Virtualization, think OpenStack, uh, as well as technical partner enablement, uh, which is kind of the role I'm feeling here today. So helping our partners, and I work with NetApp along with about uh, six or eight other partners uh, to help them integrate, understand, right, get to know our cloud platforms products in that capacity. Wow, you sound much more professional than you used to be. I'm still making it up as I go, but that's just par for the course. Well, good. You're faking it till you make it, and I guess you've made it. <laughs> you got the advantage of being one chapter ahead in the book, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Nick's hot on your heels, Andrew. I'm like the college <laughs> professor that just reads a chapter ahead, you know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, since we've got Red Hat here and we've got NetApp here, we, we are here, of course, to talk about the partnership between Red Hat and NetApp. Um, so to start it off, uh, Nick, tell us a bit about the history of Red Hat and, and the partnership with NetApp. It goes back a long ways, even uh, for about the last 15 to 20 years, I've been told, you know, with our partnership, I like I said, I've been managing it for the last year. And as I have been getting to know uh, what we've been doing together, I took the perception of looking at it more from a past, present, and future type of perspective. So understanding what we've been doing in the past, we got our engineering BUs tightly aligned, working on a lot of things. Um, even when it comes to um, you know, the firmware and bug fixes, you know, NetApp has been really instrumental in helping our engineering partner management group with a lot of that activities and stuff. Uh, it's eventually evolved into, you know, helping our you know, mutual customers address some of the challenges that they're faced with. And, and, you know, they're making a lot of investments into you know, IT transformation initiatives, digital transformation of system uh, initiatives as well. And so, you know, Red Hat really has a couple of platforms there, a few platforms in which um, we can enable that. So our Ansible platform for automation capabilities, NetApp has really invested a lot into, you know, a collection of certified modules for Ansible. And um, they're actually in our Ansible certification program for partners, for tech partners, and can help with out with a lot of storage as a service type of initiatives. We also, you know, with the work that you've done with Trident, and with integrations to OpenShift for provisioning, you know, persistent volumes. So essentially, I'm looking at it like, you know, NetApp is, has the capability of bringing the state of workloads to the stateless containers that are running those software systems. And I think that we, like I said, we have a very complementary direction in, in with your data fabric message of multi-premises and, and even you know, being able to provision out the public cloud, as well as what OpenShift does to enable those hybrid and multi-cloud workloads for our customers. And then we also, you know, have been working with Mark and, you know, integrating like Red Hat virtualization and OpenShift on, you know, NetApp's HCI platform as well. And um, I'm sure we'll be going into more details there. Uh, we're, we're, we're investing a lot of effort into our marketing campaigns as, as well. And I also focus on co-selling. And I had the fortunate experience of selling OpenShift prior to being in this role a year ago. So prior to that, I was selling OpenShift at Red Hat for a year. And that's where I met Andrew as well for a mutual customer where I live here in Nashville. And we teamed up um, NetApp and, and Red Hat to help a customer achieve some of those initiatives around 
automation and implementing OpenShift and NetApp's got converged infrastructure with FlexPod and, and HCI and some of those directives that the customer had. So a uh, long history with um, with you guys. And, and we also are looking towards the future as well and, and, and looking at some of our future initiatives around essentially some bare metal offerings and stuff as well. But I know that we also have a very rich and dynamic uh, partnership as well with OpenStack that, you know, Mark and Andrew would be able to talk further about. So yeah, great partnership, healthy, vibrant, and uh, can help our customers with a lot of their things as well to help them build what's unique for their business on top of our integrated stacks. So Mark, you know, Nick covered the Red Hat perspective of the partnership. Um, I'm sure it'll be very similar from our perspective, but what's your take on the NetApp perspective of the partnership with Red Hat? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, our, our history goes back to just um, NetApp being um, a strong storage provider um, that's well integrated with Red Hat um, for Linux, uh, for OpenStack, going forward with uh, with OpenShift, but but also based around NFS and, a SCU, and iSCSI, but across our total portfolio. So, um, you know, we have multiple storage products at NetApp. All of them are integrated with Red Hat, um, very strong implementations and um, integrations there. Um, and, and then an, another area that there's a lot of a collaboration and, and recent work is enhanceable for automation. And again, across our entire portfolio, um, on Tappy Series and SolidFire, um, I mean, this is an area where I think that we're very much aligned um, in terms of uh, the need for automation, the requests from customers, uh, the cloud native uh, directives that are you know driving or requiring automation. There's just a lot of work going around, going on for Ansible, and I think it's an area that we'll continue to both invest for going forward. And then we'll talk a little bit later about what we're doing together with OpenShift um, and around containers, cloud native, um, Kubernetes. We're going to get into that. Um, it's an area that the whole industry is focused on, and it's an area that Red Hat's leading, an area that NetApp is heavily invested in, and also a leader in this area. Excellent. So I guess, you know, we're all gathered here today to talk a little bit more about this partnership, but also talk about the whole uh, Red Hat Summit aspect of this, which interestingly enough is going to be uh, virtual this year from my understanding. So can you tell me a little bit about Red Hat Summit and uh, what Red Hat is bringing to the table with its virtual presence? So the move to virtual, it's also a free event. So anybody can go and register and gain access. Um, I recently heard, but I don't remember what the current registration numbers are. Um, they are making it, uh, I think it starts something like uh, it's two days. It starts relatively early in the morning Eastern time and goes continuously for something like 48 hours. Uh, so they've already been asking us to to register for things like virtual booth times, you know, even in the middle of the night to be able to help people who are you know, watching sessions, who are listening to things and want to come and ask questions. So there'll be on-demand events, uh, there will be live events. So I know at least one of the keynotes is going to be live, even though uh, everybody will be spread out. I've been listening to them rehearse and it's going to be really, really interesting what they're doing. Um, I think I have one session that's recorded um, that will be available as soon as the, uh, the event launches. Um, there will be other sessions that will continue to release throughout the year. So they'll be adding, I have two additional mini sessions that are 15 minutes long each that will be released something like four or six weeks after the initial event. 
So there's a ton of stuff that they're doing to really make it uh, an engaging event, one that we can hopefully you know, continue to drive interest. Um, hopefully the topics are interesting to people. Um, so that way we can, you know, maybe get uh, distract everybody a little bit from all the things that are going on in the world, right? Uh, at least for a day or two. One interesting thing, though, about it is, you know, it, it is going to be very Red Hat centric, though, because we don't have the advantage of it being like a typical conference where we have, you know, the partner, um, you know, the partner area for sponsors, you know, where customers can go and talk about, you know, our solutions and like in a solutions exchange type of format either. So, um, you know, unfortunately, that that portion of our conference has been cut but that's also another reason why we're response to that NetApp and, and Red Hat are investing a lot into doing some mutual joint digital marketing campaigns so we're planning for webinars and things like that so be on the lookout for that too to complement this so what about the swag man is, is there a virtual swag are you guys sending out like avatars or something <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, I actually threw that out there when we we're talking about some marketing, like how do we give swag away at these, some of these events? <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. We got some ideas that we're throwing around. Maybe you might be able to find like a collection of Legos or something like that. That would be interesting to get out for those that want some. But um, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> Everybody's suitcases will be lighter. That's true. <laughs> so Mark, um, if you could give me a kind of a rundown of what's going on with NetApp and, and Red Hat today, like what sort of things are we collaborating on? Well, yeah, it, and it's a really important point. Um, you know, Red Hat and NetApp both um, are totally aligned on areas that our customers are totally focused on, and that is hybrid cloud, um, you know, and containers. Hybrid cloud is definitely the um, choice of of infrastructure for the majority of customers now and in a few years, um, you know, almost all customers are going to be working on hybrid clouds on premise with public clouds. And, you know, what's bringing portability to that? What's what's helping drive that even faster is containers. Um, Containers and then related to the orchestration with Kubernetes. Um, I would, you know, I know Reddit, you know, Andrew can talk about what Red Hat has been driving with OpenShift for quite some time. NetApp's been, um, NetApp is all in for the public cloud and all in for hybrid cloud. Um, we've developed products um, that, that run in the, um, in the public clouds at all three major clouds, Google, AWS, and um, Azure. And with our data fabric, um, we, we can move data around easily across from on-premise to the clouds. And so this, you know, NetApp strategy with the public cloud and with containers fits very well with what uh, Red Hat's doing. So, so we're really a natural together. And, uh, and also, you know, we see great adoption across customer bases now toward both of those. Yeah, so, and Mark just alluded to this, and I'll, I'll call it out specifically of our two companies have very similar strategies for addressing different technology challenges, right? So when we talk about NetApp and we think about the data fabric, we think about having the ability to access the data wherever we need it, whenever we need it. So we rely on the technology behind the scenes. So things like SnapMirror, right? And all of those things that I have promptly forgotten in the last 18-ish months, 
right? In order to make the data available where we need it, we rely on Trident to then connect it into things that are deployed across all of these different premises. Uh, yes, I know that's not a word. So premises? on the Red Hat side, <laughs> yes, mul multiple premises. Multiple prems. <laughs> Continue. Uh, so on the Red Hat sides, we do the same thing with Kubernetes. When we look at OpenShift, when we look at all of the different platforms that OpenShift is capable of being deployed to, providing the same experience, the same capabilities, regardless of whether I'm deploying on-prem to bare metal, to vSphere, to Rev, or maybe I'm deploying, or OpenStack, uh, maybe I'm deploying to hyperscale clouds, right? I have all of the major cloud providers that are available to me where I have this same exact Kubernetes capability with the same tools built on top, regardless of where it's at. When we combine the two, I now have this platform of data, of compute that I can deploy my applications to, that I can take advantage of all of those things. And it happens in a seamless manner. So again, Trident, which you know I love, Trident's rates, really focusing, really taking advantage of all of that underlying technology in just a seamless way. Me as the OpenShift administrator, I don't have to know or care about all of those details associated with things like you know, Azure NetApp files and all of that. It just works. So it, the two really work together well, and it really makes a lot of sense from a solution perspective. Let me uh, try to um, paint a picture here um, in, in everyone's mind. So we have um, an on-premise cloud, right, um, running NetApp HCI, a product uh, for um, hyper-converged infrastructure on-premise. Um, it, uh, then we can be running in the public clouds, uh, NetApp data, uh, NetApp, NetApp storage products in the public cloud, um, cloud volumes on tap, cloud volume service, and in Azure, that's uh, just named Azure NetApp files. So we could be having OpenShift running in all of these clouds on premise on NetApp HCI, uh, OpenShift running in the other public clouds. And uh, the capability of, you know, replicating the data of persistent volumes to any of those clouds, um, whether that's for just backup or for disaster recovery or for dev test or, or even just moving the data to where it's closest to the application. All that's possible um, with the NetApp data fabric, with um, the NetApp storage portfolio across the, the clouds and on-premise. And of course, with OpenShift uh, running capability of running OpenShift in any cloud as well. So it all fits together very well um, for whatever the customer wants to do. You know, I also like, you know, I, I've seen some of your internal messaging too, and especially when it comes to like, you know, addressing AI workloads, for example, and the message going from um, core to edge to cloud. I think that aligns very well with Red Hat as well. You know, we got these distributed workloads, these um, cloud native essential workloads, very distributed. We got, you know, inference going on with AI workloads, you know, with jump box servers collecting sensor information, maybe at the edge somewhere, you know, sending that data back, but you still got the cloud native software that's stateless over the top of it running by, run, ran by OpenShift. But, um, you know, just to be able to have that visibility and management of your data that's distributed along with the application workloads that are distributed is a very powerful message. And that edge to core to cloud strategy definitely aligns very well with like our customers and how they want to use OpenShift as well. So we've mentioned a lot of different 
things about cloud. Um, and one thing I haven't really heard yet is the idea of hybrid cloud. Um, so let's talk about that. Like, what is NetApp and Red Hat doing to focus on the hybrid multi-cloud stories? From a NetApp perspective, right, we have uh, we have our products in the public clouds and into uh, the uh, on-premise clouds and the capability with the NetApp data fabric to have the data replicated and moved around. Uh, and then the context of Kubernetes, these would be persistent volumes. Um, from from OpenShift's perspective, right, we the, the capability to be able to have um, clusters in any cloud, but um, I think OpenShift also provides the capability to manage clusters across the clouds. But I'll let I'll let Andrew cover that detail. Yeah, so there's a couple of interesting things that we can talk about there. Uh, so one, probably the elephant that we haven't mentioned in the room, which is IBM. Uh, so IBM has been really, really treating us well in that they're basically leaving us alone uh, and allowing us to do our own thing, but at the same time, giving us resources. Uh, so what do I mean by that? What you'll see um, in the coming days, coming weeks, as we announce more and more about what's happening with OpenShift 4.4 is around things like ACM, so Advanced Cluster Management. Um, you'll see a lot of things around that multi-cluster, multi-cloud management become a reality throughout the portfolio. Um, so there's a lot of really cool things that are happening in that area. I don't have all the details, so I don't want to go, I don't want to stick my neck out there and say something wrong. Um, but just keep an eye out and look for, in particular, the sessions that are happening at Summit, uh, as well as some of the keynote stuff. Another thing, too, that I would like to add, you know, just from a customer perspective, there's a lot of investments going on right now in application modernization, um, you know, uh, also investments going on in the digital transformation management area of, you know, these, these workloads and, and the modernization of them. So to think of a large enterprise that has all of their data, you know, in their data centers, but then you got like the edge and I can see HCI helping with that, like the scale out workloads. So like now when, and also with public cloud and the hyperscalers and, you know, software development teams and product development teams for our enterprise customers that are focused on application transformation or application modernization that are now like starting to figure out how microservices can enhance their applications as well. And now it might be easier to, you know, deploy like a minimum viable product as they're, you know, field testing some of these new features and functionalities through a microservices type of concept. And instead of disrupting, you know, change processes internally within a data center, they're able to deploy very easily and quickly out in a public cloud to achieve that business outcome that they're looking for, for that feature or function of the microservice. And then being able to distribute that, you know, from out to the edge on HCI, and then, you know, but then also a lot of enterprise customers too, when it, 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 these cloud native applications still need data, you know, they still need to access data. And so there's also concerns around data gravity and data sovereignty and things that still come into play when these strategies are being implemented. And so I do think it is, uh, that's where I really see the power of our partnership based on the things that Mark and, and Andrew mentioned, you know, really coming into play and helping with these strategies that our enterprise customers are starting to invest in when it does come to how are we going to be using our multi-cloud strategy or our hybrid cloud capabilities of, 
you know, managing these workloads on and off premises. Yeah, I just wanted to say, Nick, I'm really glad that that, you, that we all believe that storage is still important because <laughs> surely it is. In fact, as we know, storage is growing exponentially uh, with the cloud, and uh, you know, uh, you know, even though there's new techniques for storage and storage management, um, and NetApp's addressing those and 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 leaning into that, investing heaven in storage is still critical to everything going forward in the cloud and in computing in general. Data is the oil. I mean, oil is the new, data is the new oil, right? Or something like that. I think I saw yeah. a graphic on that. <laughs> yeah. So Mark, when people think about NetApp, they usually kind of think about ONTAP. Um, but we also have some other solutions. Uh, do those solutions fit into what we're talking about here? And uh, if so, you know, what sort of solutions do we have? Uh, yeah, well, in terms of the storage products, yes, they, um, uh, you know, there is the own tap base and the own tap base is, is definitely uh, being deployed into the public clouds as well. But, um, you know, in various forms, essentially the same own tap, but in different form factors, whether that's uh, actual uh, virtual machines in the public cloud or an actual infrastructure in the public cloud um, data centers. Um, but also on premise, uh, SolidFire. Uh, the SolidFire um, storage operating system is Element, Element OS, and that's the basis for NetApp HCI. Um, it's a block uh, storage operating system. It runs uh, NetApp HCI on premise, but it's fully interoperable with SnapMirror and with um, the data fabric. So we can actually replicate data from uh, NetApp HCI element storage to own tap and back or to any own tap based product. And then of course, uh, also we have own tap select, which is own tap running in a virtual machine that can actually, that runs on, uh, can run uh, on, on top of uh, NetApp HCI as well to provide file services there. So um, rich history of own tap, but, um, but it's, there's more products that are all across the storage portfolio interoperating together with the data fabric. Andrew, you mentioned earlier about Red Hat OpenShift as well as, uh, I think you mentioned Red Hat Virtualization 4.4. Um, do we have any more information about these products? And if we don't have information about 4.4, can you just tell, tell us a little bit about OpenShift and, and Red Hat Virtualization in general? Yeah, so uh, I'll take the opportunity to do uh, three things, including stealing a little bit of Mark's thunder. Uh, so late last year, basically just after Insight or during and after Insight, we started discussing the possibility of integrating Red Hat virtualization with NetApp HCI. Uh, so offering NetApp HCI customers the ability to deploy using uh, a KVM-based hypervisor that is also not OpenStack, right? We get it. We understand OpenStack is, um, it fits a specific civic use case, right? So API-enabled, quota-enforced consumption of virtual machines, of networks, of storage, et cetera. That is not necessarily what everybody wants or everybody needs. So Red Hat virtualization... Yeah. And so Red Hat virtualization share. brings that traditional hypervisor experience uh, with KVM. 
So we've been working on that uh, in the background. So Mark and team, Alan, et cetera, they've all been doing a phenomenal job of making all of those things integrate and mesh together. Um, that architecture is really, really exciting to me. Um, you know, I'm passionate and have been involved in the virtualization space for uh, close to 15 years now. So seeing that expand and seeing it become what it is, is, is of course exciting. Uh, so with the other bit of exciting news, is with OpenShift 4.4, we are integrating or we are releasing the capability of what we lovingly refer to as installer provisioned infrastructure for Red Hat virtualization. So what does that actually mean? Today, if you were to use OpenShift 4.3 or 4.123, uh, I could go and I could use a single command, OpenShift install, to deploy a OpenShift cluster to a number of different infrastructures. So AWS, Azure, Google, OpenStack, et cetera. Uh, so one command, I wait uh, some period of time. It depends on the speed of internet and you know how the universe is feeling at that moment in time, but somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes typically. And at the end of that, I'm going to have a fully functioning OpenShift cluster. So we're bringing that capability on-premises to Red Hat virtualization. So that's for that traditional hypervisor experience, for my Kubernetes administrator, for my application team, I can now give them a single command to execute. They can deploy as many clusters as they would like against my uh, virtualization empire. So all of that built on top of, well, NetApp HCI. Uh, so if we look at the bigger picture here, there's some interesting things that are happening as well. So NetApp HCI is of course built on a foundation of scalability. I can scale compute, I can scale, scale storage independently. I can add the resources that I need when I need them. We can do the same thing with OpenShift. I can go in and I can deploy and I can manage nodes directly from inside of the OpenShift interface. I need to go from 10 compute nodes to 20 compute nodes. Great, I go in and I literally change the counter either through the GUI or through a, a single command at the command line and it will automatically deploy all of those nodes, configure them, join them to the cluster, and begin assigning workload to those nodes. So there's a lot of really cool things, a lot of really interesting integration that's able to happen at that point. It might be also be interesting to add, you know, the container-native virtualization or uh, OpenShift virtualization as well. As yeah, so OpenShift virtualization is the new name for what was previously called container-native virtualization uh, when it was associated with OpenShift. So upstream, the project is known as Kubert. Uh, this is taking KVM-based virtual machines, putting them into containers that are then deployed and managed via Kubernetes. Uh, so like every Red Hat product, right, the upstream is where we do a lot of the work, where we work at the community, where we do all of these things. Uh, then we apply the Red Hat magic, which is mostly uh, bug fixes, backports, right? We, we basically do support. And on the other end, we have OpenShift virtualization, which is a feature of, well, OpenShift, in case you couldn't tell by the OpenShift in its name. So this is uh, really interesting, particularly if I am doing a bare metal deployment of my OpenShift nodes. And that's, I can now take those same virtual machines that are KVM based, and I can have them deployed and scheduled by Kubernetes. Maybe if my application is relying on a VM component um, that hasn't been you know, containerized yet, maybe if I'm treating my VMs a lot like containers, um, you know, we used to hear a lot about this, especially with the OpenStack type of use cases, right? Um, 
maybe if I want to take uh, something that is not yet available to be containerized, and where I'm going with that is think Windows. Um, if I have a Windows 2012, 2016 application, I can deploy that as a container using OpenShift virtualization. Right? We're taking that Windows virtual machine, we're putting it into the container, and then you can deploy the whole thing. And it has a mixture of container and virtual machine semantics when it does this. So things like I can have it behave exactly like a, a container. If I do a, a node cordon and a node drain against the OpenShift worker, then I can say, you know, go ahead and terminate that virtual machine and then reinstantiate it on a new host, just like any other pod. Or I can have it so that it will do a live migration of that virtual machine. So when I do a drain on that node, it will live migrate using the underlying KVM hypervisor. It will live migrate over to one of the other nodes in that cluster. So this is um, from a NetApp HCI perspective, from a Rev on NetApp HCI perspective, they are complementary um, in that I could, for example, it is supported by Red Hat to have some of my nodes deployed, maybe my control plane deployed as virtual machines to Red Hat virtualization. And then I can add using what we call the bare metal installation method, I can add some physical worker nodes. So I can have a virtual control plane with a physical worker, you know, a compute plane that is executing both containers and virtual machines. I could have a cluster that has workers that span both vir virtual and physical. So maybe I have application components that are, you know, using taints, tolerations, uh, labels, whatever it happens to be, right, that are pinned to specific physical machines. Maybe I have an AI ML workload that needs a GPU I can have other application components that will run anywhere, physical or virtual. And then of course I can have my VMs running in containers, OpenShift virtualization on those physical nodes as well. So think about all those options there yeah. as, you know, going back to the customer experience of, you know, those customers that are now focusing on app modernization efforts and, and things and, and couldn't necessarily containerize the entire system, but components of it, or, you know, they're starting to, you know, decompose that system into microservices and such, but some of that, those components just cannot be containerized. This can help with that, like lift, we can essentially lift and shift and tech refresh and all of those other things that come into play there with all of these options. So to bring all that together, what we're doing is uh, releasing this, um, you know, we'll be announcing this at the summit, uh, Red Hat Summit virtual conference, uh, that we're develop releasing a solution, two solutions, one with NetApp HCI with Red Hat virtualization, um, and a second one, NetApp HCI with um, Red Hat OpenShift 4.4 running on the uh, Red Hat virtualization as the infrastructure, uh, IPI-based um, as uh, Andrew was saying, I will say that um, also that there's there's been um, a large demand in the field for both of these solutions um, for just Red Hat virtualization as it is as a base on NetApp HCI for the customer then to run whatever VM workloads they want to, but also obviously with um, cloud native data uh, development for OpenShift. So yeah, we'll be, and when I say we're developing a solution, so we're working together, um, it's a joint effort between Red Hat and NetApp. We're developing the solution in the labs, building it, testing it, deploying it, documenting all that with a full set of design and deployment collateral that we'll release to um, customers and partners. So all this is in place and we're, yeah. 
Oh, package that by way of an NVA, right? And Meta validated yeah, architecture. Yeah, it's, it's delivered as it's it's branded. We had, it's branded as an NVA, a NetApp verified architecture. That's um, our brand for a reference architecture in which we um, we go to extreme lengths of doing testing and validation. Also, the these solutions would be fully supported by NetApp and by Red Hat. And so there will be some documentation that will come out, like a solutions brief a design guide that is an overview of the architecture and a deployment guide that is more of the prescriptive installation experience. So what was the decision-making process behind NetApp HCI over, say, ONTAP? Like, why why NetApp HCI? I don't want to say that there's that uh, NetApp HCI has ex- exclusivity to OpenShift because um, there are, there are um, solutions uh, planned and, and in development for OpenShift on ONTAP. It's a focus around... Um, an on-premise private cloud, which is based on NetApp HCI as an on-premise cl- private cloud that's well integrated with your hybrid cloud to your public clouds. Um, so that, and then also from our perspective, the, which has just been mentioned, the, the capability of, of scaling rapidly to starting very small with NetApp HCI in terms of compute and storage nodes, and then being able to scale those rapidly as, 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 as small as one node at a time. Uh, fits very well with the model for OpenShift as well. OpenShift is certified to run there. OpenShift is also based on the efforts that we're doing with Mark here. Is is now being it, it has already been certified with NetApp HCI with a couple of previous uh, NDAs that we have out there, and an NDA 1124, which is OpenShift on vSphere on NetApp HCI uh, for those customers that choose vSphere because OpenShift can run pretty much everywhere now, you know. And then, so we also have another solution that uh, a lot of investments was going into um, right around the time that I uh, started managing our partnership with um, the NDA 1133, and that is NetApp HCI for private cloud, but it's really open shift on open stack on HCI. So since we have an open stack solution, we have a vSphere solution, now we're adding a Rev solution. There's integrations for open shift and it seems as if it's all across the NetApp portfolio of products, as well as Ansible. There's a ton of Ansible modules that have been developed as well. Yeah, so we do. You know, we are delivering this OpenShift solution on 4.4 on NetApp HCI, but we have um, a lot of history with OpenShift on NetApp HCI. We have prior solutions available. We have um, OpenShift running on VMware Base. Um, there's still a large number of, um, of customers running and wanting to running OpenShift on VMware. And then we have another solution where um, we've delivered OpenStack 13 on Red Hat, um, I'm sorry, on NetApp HCI. And then we have the OpenShift uh, running on top of an OpenStack infrastructure. And we've actually, we actually have some big customers um, heavily invested in that solution as well. So it's been very successful. So now we have the OpenShift on multiple bases, VMware, OpenStack, and then now on Red Hat virtualization. We're excited to uh, support those solution offerings as well on the Red Hat side and happy to talk to customers based on, you know, their interests and and needs. So, Nick, if I wanted to find more information, how would I do that? So both of our websites have a partnership part of the page that highlights and showcases our partnership and the joint solutions that we have available. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at uh, Nicholas W at Nicholas W N I C K A L A U S. It's a unique spelling in my name. Uh, and then also I can be found on LinkedIn. 
same Nicholas N I C K A L A U S Wallace. Uh, and then, you know, any information you want to find based on our partnership and some of the joint solutions that we have available, uh, both of our websites have a lot of content and information there as well. So I'm um, happy to respond to those that are interested and then looking forward to what's to come in our partnership. Excellent. Mark, do you have anywhere that people can go to look for more information? Yes. Well, um, I wanted to, um, you know, have a shout out for what Andrew and Alan Cowles are going to be doing in a couple of weeks. We're going to have a follow-on webinar that's going to go into technical depth about these two solutions, uh, the OpenShift and the Red Hat virtualization on NetApp HCI. Um, it's going to be a much deeper technical session about the deployment, about the scalability, the architecture. So, I think there will be a link and an invite for you to join that webinar, and I think that will be something you, you won't want to miss. Andrew, was the requirement to work with Alan the fact that you both had to have beards? Uh, we do look startling alike when we're on uh, on the, <laughs> the cameras here. Uh, no, I, I think that class is titled a master class, which is slightly intimidating since I'm not even a master of getting out of bed in the morning. So, Master of none. Or something. I don't know. Whatever. Or something. <laughs> Jack of all trades. That's right. Alan's on my softball team. Why aren't you on my softball team, Andrew? You know, this came up the last time Alan and I chatted. Uh, just, just so you know. Yeah. We had a we had a conversation around you and and your shortstop. My shortstopping. <laughs> yes. Your, your shortstoppedness. Stop. Shortstoppery. That's what I'm going. Shortstoppery. Yeah. That's good. It, it'll be it'll be a while before that happens again. But you know. All right. Uh, so, uh, Nick, if we wanted to reach you, how do we do that? Yeah. So, again, um, my Twitter handle is at Nicholas W and I C K A A L A U S. I can be also reached at LinkedIn the same way. Feel free to hit me up and I'll uh, be happy to point you in the right direction or respond accordingly. Andrew, if we wanted to reach you, how do we do that? Uh, my Twitter, as you would expect, changed from Andrew underscore Intap to simply Practical Andrew. Yeah. There's, I guess you realize the reason why people tell you not to put your company name in your Twitter handle. Um, oh, oh no, I do that deliberately because you will notice that I only ever tweet about work related things. Um, this is true. So I, I don't ever see you tweeting. Um, I have no, I have no you personality work. outside of that. <laughs> you actually have to work to tweet things, Andrew. Come on. Uh, uh fair enough. Mark, how do we reach you? Yeah, you can get in touch with me on Twitter on, with the handle CI Curious. All C. right. Curious. See, I'm guessing the CI is converged infrastructure. Yes, converged infrastructure. All right, excellent. All right, guys, Did thanks. I see so something too, Mark, about you uh, also being interested in cooking or being a chef as well <laughs> on Twitter. CI is also cooking interested. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Who knew that? <laughs> Culinary intrigued. There you go. Okay, I've got that's all I've got. Um, that was a good one. <laughs> here we go. So, uh, all right, guys, appreciate you joining us and telling us all about Red Hat Partnership and Red Hat Summit. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Nick Wallace. 
Mark Cates, and Andrew Sullivan for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.